hearts will re, uh, the sons of the father will hearts will be returned to the father and he speaks about this in Malachi and he says there's going to be a re, reuniting and then he shuts off and now there is 400 years of silence there's not a prophet there's not a priest there's not a king there's not a voice God says nothing for 400 years imagine that it was after that silence of 400 years that we begin to read the genealogy in Matthew. And we uh, sometimes look at that and we read over it. And if you're like me, you, you read it and you say, why in the world do I need to read all of this? And why do I need to know all of this? It seems kind of boring, right? But the reality of it is, a couple of weeks ago, I, I told you that you got to know your bloodline and it is a, a, the purpose for it. There's a reason for it. And, and God wanted us to know where we came from. He wanted us to know our bloodline. He wanted us to know our genealogy. And so it is very important. And in that time, after 400 years of silence, we begin to read the genealogy and we see that there is uh, here in Luke that he announces that the Christ, the Savior, is born. Jesus comes into a dark season of history in the middle of that darkness, in the middle of, of no hope, hopelessness, in the middle of it being no spiritual voice in the earth, Jesus shows up in the middle of that and begins to bring the message of grace. The season of grace is now released into the world. We know that when he showed up that Satan and the enemy would use people as he always does. How many know that when God gets ready to bless you, he will always use a person? And when the devil tries to get you, he'll always use a person. He tries to, he, he, the enemy works through people just like God does. And so we understand that he, and the enemy was working through Herod. And we know that when Jesus showed up instantly, Herod starts killing all of the men child, right? hoping that he would get this Jesus, hoping that he would get the Son of God. But he didn't, wasn't able to do it, as we know. And Jesus was under that opposition. He was under that pressure from his very birth. They was the kings, you know, the wise men. They weren't so wise. They was wanting to find him. And, and we know that people was trying to kill him then. And so all of his life, he was under pressure in this earth. He, he came into the earth with people trying to kill him we also know that that was the reason that he came he knew that was the reason that he came he came to die right and he knew that but the fullness of time had to come and when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made a born into this earth. And, and we know that that is true as well. But he couldn't die until the fullness of time had come. And I want to say to you today that the fullness of time is still real over our life. And the enemy may rage against us, but no weapon formed against us will prosper because there is a fullness of time. Amen. There is a season. And so we see Jesus walking through this life and he is under this uh, obscure pressure. He is under the, the enemy trying to attack him and working on every side, even as a baby, even as a child, a man child. They're trying to kill him and destroy him. But God's hand was upon him and he had an assignment for his life, just like every one of you and I do. And when we uh, accept the assignment, like Jesus accepted the assignment, he, he, he lowered himself to the lowest common denominator. He walked into the dressing room of Mary's womb and came out, Emmanuel, God with us. When he accepted that assignment, that's when hell started fighting. 
And whenever you make up your mind that you're going to follow the Lord, when you make up your mind that you are going to fulfill the assignment of heaven over your life, there will be a warfare, there will be a struggle, there will be a battle, but don't take a, be disheartened in that because be of good cheer for you have already overcome the world because greater is he that is in you than he that will ever come against you. If you believe it, would you give him some kind of praise here today? And so he, he came into this world. In fact, he came to his own and his own received him not. But as many as do receive him, gave he the power to become the sons and the daughters of God. And so this is the reason that he came. This is the circumstances that he came into. Sometimes we wait for the perfect situation. We wait for the ideal circumstances before we ever act on what we feel that the Lord has called us to do or to be. But sometimes you've got to learn how to walk in the dark. Sometimes you've got to learn how to work at night. Sometimes you've got to learn how to do it all by yourself. Can anybody witness? But here we see that Jesus came, he came into his own, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, gave them the power to be the sons and the daughters of God. We see that all through his life there is a warfare that is going on. There, we, He raises up, he, he begins to grow, he is 33 years old. He is now at the, the baptism and John is baptizing in the Jordan River. And, and he uh, goes there and tells John, I want you to baptize me. And he says, I need you to baptize me. I, I, I'm just John, you're the son of God. And he, he announces to the world, for the first time behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world and the scripture said that the heavens opened up a dove descends and says this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased he goes now and is baptized of John. He goes into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. He comes out in the power of the spirit and begins to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. After 33 years, he takes up his father's business and begins to do the work of the kingdom. And he, he uh, fulfills his father's plan for his life. You see, that it was uh, Jesus is legal in every way. Jesus never did anything in that manner as illegal. He did everything legal and he had to wait till he was 33 years old according to the custom to be able to take over his father's business. And so he at 33 years old did just that. He took over his father's business and began to rule the kingdom of God in the earth. And he began to show himself with signs and wonders and miracles and they hated him even the more. Could you imagine a man that is a lunatic, that is demon possessed, he's got everybody in the, in the island all scared and worried and, and Jesus comes to the island and this man approaches him and he says, why did you come before my time? You see, even the devil knows he only has an allotted time. But evidently Jesus showed up a little early and says, why, why you come before my time? And Jesus cast this demon out of this man that has tormented the whole city. And now they get upset because the pigs go in the ocean. It sounds like some people I know today called politicians. They got mad because they lost some pigs, but they, they couldn't even celebrate a man being free. A man that has just got, gotten joy in his heart, salvation in his life, transformation that took place and he wouldn't torment another person in the city again. Amen. Sometimes we get focused on the wrong things. But Jesus would go and he would do this. He would heal the sick and they would get upset with him because they did it on Sunday. What a better time to get healed. But they wanted to run by their religious system that you don't do anything on Sundays, including getting healed. 
But Jesus said, I want, I'm going to, to, to uh, do it anyhow, right? I'm going to heal you anyhow. And he did this and they hated him. And, and he goes through all of these things and they're trying to get him. But it wasn't until the appointed time, whenever he would go and he would hang upon the cross. They would take him to the garden. It was in that garden that they, they came and got him, nailed him to that cross. And you know the story. He ascended to the Father after that, right? But he sent the Holy Spirit to you and I that what he did, we can do also. Amen. Amen. And so this is the week that we celebrate Christmas. This is the time that we celebrate the Savior of the world. In a couple more days, all of the hustle and the bustle and the chaos of Christmas is going to be over. And, and, and in a, a moment's time, what we need to understand is that even, you know, people will get nicer. They'll get happier. They'll be uh, more gracious and, and all around it'll be better. <laughs> right? Has anybody been to the mall in the last two weeks? There comes a time whenever it's more than just going through the motions or going through a season or a time. It's almost like we're able to escape and we go into this place where that, that time doesn't exist or we, we feel like that, that we uh, don't have to care, we don't have to share, and we don't have to be happy. But the reality of it is, if there wasn't a Jesus, if Jesus had not come into the earth, we wouldn't be doing none of this. And he didn't come so we could be chaotic. He didn't come so that we could go through all of this craziness. But he came so that we could have abundant life. That we could live a life full of his grace and his mercy. And you see, the real world today is a world that Jesus came for. What did he come for? The real world that Jesus came for was a broken world. And whenever he came into the world, the world was already broken. Christmas is about Jesus coming to heal broken things. It doesn't take much to see that in Jesus' day, things were already broken. You could think back and they were would have... have you would thought that they had had some hospitality. I mean, a gentleman, I don't know if you had taught that, a gentleman was taught that, that, uh, that when a woman came into the room and there was no place to sit, you got up and gave them your seat. Huh? Ain't nobody talking but revival. You got up and you gave him your seat. That's what a gentleman does. Huh? Somebody talk to me here. I ain't that old. That's what gentlemen do. But can you imagine a culture that was already so chaotic that a nine-month pregnant woman walks into the hotel and nobody even gives up the room, says we got a cave back there for you. What kind of culture did he come into? By the time that Jesus arrived, sin had already set in in the human race. And that's the reason that Jesus came. He came to heal the broken humanity of sin. Christmas is about putting broken pieces and broken lives and broken people back together again. And so many lives are broken. So many lives are broken. They may even be here today. You, you have a smile on your face and you, and you put that smile on like a, as you walk out the door. But your life is broken. You're struggling with who you are and what your life is all about and what you're supposed to do. You've made poor choices. You Situations that are out of your own control. In many cases, we find rebellion. We find sin. And we have created our own broken world. People killing one another for no reason. No, no sense of Morality, no sense of, of worth of a human life today. Our world is broken. There's no respect for parents. There's no respect for authority. There's no respect for leadership. There's no respect for God or his people. 
A broken world creates broken people. And I recall in the scripture, whenever Jesus came, that it was there that he found a broken woman. In fact, she had been broken and bleeding for 12 years. And the Bible said she spent all of her worth, all of her life, substance. Her money was gone, and yet she grew worse. You remember? Here she is and she hears about Jesus and he's coming her way. And, and, and so there was a little glimmer of hope in her life that maybe this last ditch effort, just maybe it is true. Maybe he does heal sick people. Maybe he does put broken things back together. And she had enough faith to say, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know that I can be made whole. She hears that Jesus is coming and she sets out to touch his garment. She didn't want to bring attention to herself. She had had enough attention. She had been humiliated enough. She didn't want anybody to even know that she was in the crowd. And, and she reaches out and she touches the hem of his garment. And in the midst of touching his garment, Jesus stops in the middle of the road. He stops. He stops going to Jairus' house. He stops speaking to those that are talking to him. He stops everything. And he looks and says, who has touched me? His disciples says, Jesus, have you gone crazy? There's this throng, there's this multitude, all of these people, and you're asking us who touched you. But Jesus said, I'm not just talking about any touch. Somebody needed something. He said, I, I felt a virtue that left my body. In other words, he said, I felt the healing touch. I felt the miracle. I felt somebody's life being put back together again. I felt brokenness being restored to wholeness again. Amen. And she was the only one that touched him with her faith. How many times do we come? We come to worship, we come to sing, we come to hear the word, but how many come to touch him? Because we can all come together and it's wonderful that we come together, especially on these seasons and these moments. It's, it's wonderful that we assemble together, but do we come to touch him? Do we, do we come to make an impact upon our lives so that we can make an impact upon others? Because if we do not touch him and we are not healed and we are not whole and the brokenness in our own lives is not restored, then we cannot heal the broken that are around us. This woman is a picture of our world, a picture of many people. Their lives are wasting away. They're trying every avenue in the world, every suggestion, right? Every circumstance. It's amazing to me how, how some people are so gullible. I mean, you know, I see on TV how that you can uh, take a pill and lose 10 pounds overnight. If you listen to that stuff, you would think you needed to get a pair of suspenders just to go to work because the britches you put on that day wouldn't, would fall off by afternoon. But people buy that stuff. How I many know that if that stuff worked, everyone in the world would be skinny? All right, nobody's going to talk to me. But people are looking at all kinds of gimmicks. And for some reason, we, 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 we have a difficulty believing truth, accepting truth, right? That if we want to live healthy and have a healthy life, then we've got to do some adjusting. We've got to change some things. We've got to do some things that are different. If we don't like the outcome, and I'm talking about physically right now, but you can relate to spiritually. If we don't like our outcome today, then change what we did yesterday. Don't do it again today. It works spiritually too. You frame your world by your words. 
And so if you don't like what you've lived this past year, this past 10 years, the past life, then change what you're saying. It was just another day for this woman. Just another day in her life. And she woke up another day, ordinary, just like she had for the past 12 years. But she made a different choice. She said, I heard Jesus is coming by today. And she decided in her heart, I'm going to give him a chance. Can I tell you this morning that that's all God's asking for is for you to give him a chance? He's asking me to give him a chance. Amen. Give him a chance. Just give him a chance to make a difference in your life. Give him a chance to rescue you from a fallen state. Give him a chance to, to, to show you his salvation. Give him a chance to rescue you from yourself, from our sin, from our poor choices. Give him a chance to sweep up all the broken pieces of our life and begin to put them back together. Just give him a chance. Because God specializes in putting things back together again. Christmas is about broken things. Being put back together. Becoming a life of worth. Becoming a life of dignity and a life of value. There's none in this room today who haven't experienced brokenness in your life. Life is tough. You don't have to live long until you experience brokenness in your life. Often that brokenness makes us feel worthless, valueless, helpless, hopeless, without dignity. A world that makes it so easy to, to give in to our failures, and in this broken world in which we live, they discard broken things. We've created places where we throw away broken stuff. Is anybody old enough to remember when you used to fix things? But everything is made, created for dis to dispose of now. It's not created to fix it. If you, you, you wreck your car, they don't fix the fender anymore. They throw it away and put a new fender on it. If the TV doesn't work, you don't, you don't take it to a, 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 a man to fix the TV. Does anybody know where you can get a TV fixed? That's what I thought. Because they don't expect you to work on the TV. They expect you to throw it away when it is broken and get a new one, right? And so we have a place just for that. They call it the dump. That's where you take broken things. You take broken TVs there. You take your, your phones there. You take your couches there. You, you take your chairs and your tables and your cabinets and, and whatever it is that's broken. And, and, and just a few short days ago, somebody spent thousands of dollars on that stuff. But now it's considered worthless. Junk. There's a junkyard for cars that are deemed unrepairable. But there's an art to fixing broken things. Broken pottery today that has been put back together is, is considered far more worth to it than that that has never been broken and put back together. They take broken pottery and instead of hiding the brokenness, they repair it, the brakes, with gold and silver and platinum. And they repair it because uh, be, where it has become a part and where it has been broken. And, and rather than trying to hide its brokenness, they take and, and put its history on display. 
In other words, instead of disguising it and trying to put it back together and fix it real good so that nobody has ever seen that it has been broken, they put it on display. They put some gold in there. They put some platinum in there. They put some silver in there. And they say, this, this pottery has is, is, is been through some stuff. This pottery has been broken. It's not been handled with care or maybe even an accident has happened in its, in its past history. But somebody thought it was worth enough that he put it back together again. We always want to cover up our brokenness. Christians are good about that. We want to act like we've never had a problem in our life. We want to act like we've never done anything wrong, that we've ever sinned and come short of the glory, right? That we've never done nothing and, we, and because we disguise it, because we cover it up, other people walking around in the world can't figure us out and say that you're too high and holy and I can't walk with you because you, 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 you're just on some level I'll never be on. But if maybe what if we just showed them our brokenness? What if we just showed them our wounds? What if we showed them where we fell apart? What if we what if we showed them where we went through the divorce? What if we showed them where we went through the, the cancer, the diabetes, or we went through the, the losing of a family member? Or, and what if we showed them where that we cracked up and, and it took God to put us back together again? And it was his love, it was his grace it was his mercy that put us back together and whenever the people look at our lives we can say you see there where that the, the blood of Jesus covered that sin and you see there where that I was scarred and I was wounded because I, I lost somebody out of my life whenever it should not have ever happened but God's grace kept me alive amen right there in the situation in my life when I thought we was going to lose everything and my family was going to lose it all but it was the grace of God that showed up and put the bomb of Gilead in my life and brought healing that I could get up and go and face tomorrow it highlights the cracks it highlights the repairs even in life Instead of throwing the pottery away, they put it in the hands of the one who created it and says, I know how to take the damaged and the broken and put it back. I know where this piece goes. And we're not going to hide the crack. We're not going to hide the brokenness. We're not going to hide the mess. We're just going to let people know that it's better than ever. I've come to tell you today there is a life after brokenness there is a life of value of great worth Jesus can fix it he came to fix the broken things and to bring healing to our hearts and into our lives and we don't have to be ashamed of it we can say yes my life was a mess yes it was broken but right here is where Jesus put it back together Christmas is a reminder of hope and help. It's a reminder of new beginnings that you can get a fresh start, right? Christmas is about God still seeing potential and value in you and in me, even in our brokenness. It's his grace. God still sees my worth. He still sees your worth. So much until he takes our brokenness and our scars and he puts it on display in the face of the devil and says, this is the life you tried to destroy, but my grace was more than enough. God puts us on display just like he put Job on display. Have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> what have you ever thought maybe Jesus God the Father was putting you on display and calling your name have you ever considered my servant John have you ever considered my servant Amanda 
Have you ever considered my servant, whatever your name is? Maybe in your brokenness, he's putting you on display and saying, watch when they call on me and see if I don't send angels and put their brokenness and gather it together and put it back together better than it's ever been before. Because what the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for my good. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, I don't know a better story than that. <laughs> I don't know a better story than that. The day Jesus came, that I could have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Maybe you're here this morning and you're in that place. You feel worthless. You feel helpless. Maybe you're watching by way of live feed today and you find yourself in that place you may be in a broken state you may be in a place where that you feel like that that there is no value no worth you wonder and question life and say what what in the world is going on but i want you to know that jesus came for you he came for me he came to give us hope and that hope is present here today it's ready for you and all you have to do is give him a chance give god a chance if you give him a chance, I promise you that you will not be disappointed. You will enjoy what he can do with your life. Amen? Because he can change it for real. Would you stand with me today, please? Give him a chance. Be like that woman today and just give him a chance. Reach out and touch him. If you're here today and you need prayer, maybe you've never accepted Christ as your savior, or maybe you've accepted him, but you've drawn cold and indifferent in that relationship and you don't wanna say, yes, I wanna give my brokenness to God today. There's no judging here today. There's no condemnation here today because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's his grace that we stand here today. We're not perfect. We're just forgiven. And today, we stand before a loving, gracious God, wanting to take our brokenness and put it all back together again. And put us on display for the world to know there is hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so as Amy sings, we're not going to linger a long time, but as Amy sings today, the worship team, if you want prayer this morning, I want you to come. I want to pray with you. And we're going to believe God to take the broken things and make it new again. Amen.
thank him for his presence it's right here there's a presence here right now that'll change your life if you'll accept it thank you Jesus we thank you for your presence I worship you worship you yes I do Just worship him. Come on, just accept this presence right here. Thank you. 
Amen. Aren't you thankful for him today? Jesus, our hope. Amen. Praise God. Well, let's give him a thank you for what he's doing here today. Praise God. Amen. We just want to go out. I know we got one more Sunday, but I wanted just to to just in a sign of unity to have a, our candlelight service here today. And so we're going to do that now. And so if you want to get to wherever your candles are. And I think on last year, year before last, we started this. And I know that these are electronic. And I know that you don't have to, uh, you don't need any help with all of that. But just in a sign of unity, Renee and I is going to start it together. And then we're going to come to one of you and have you turn it on and then you just in symbolically turn to the next person light their candle symbolically and turn it on it's just a sign of unity is that okay everybody understand what we're saying all right you understand amy okay you understand you you Mr. Renee, come on up here. Maybe we can go ahead and cut these big lights out. Leave the, the big lights out. The big lights out. There we go. <laughs> All right. All right, Miss Renee, let's turn our lights on here. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't.
Come on, raise your light up. Let it shine before men to see your good works and glorify the Father. thank you for the light of your son Jesus the light of the world that you've sent into the earth in this season that we remember and we commemorate God what you've done for us and sending hope sending grace to our lives and God as we symbolically light these candles today as a sign of unity we pray God that you would fulfill your scripture and let us be one as you are one God, that we may be able to do the assignment of the earth, that what you've got for One Life Church to do, God, in this region and the four platforms that you have given us in our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, and to the end of the earth. I pray, God, that you will help us to never let the light go out. But, God, this will be a place of a light that is set up on a hill that cannot be hid. That as we leave here individually that our lights will shine before men but God corporately together that we will be a lighthouse a beacon to the hurting to the broken to the outcast to the downtrodden where that they can come and let it be known that they can find help and hope and light in this place that their lives can be changed forever and God we thank you for this today in the matchless name of your son Jesus Christ hallelujah praise God Come on.